Hi, and welcome to Main Street Matters by Hard on Main Street, the podcast that's dedicated to helping the independent retail community by sharing their stories and providing tips on how to grow their business and thrive within their local community. I'm your host, Patrick Kaiser. If you'd like to support this show or the organization Heart on Main Street, you can go to heartonmainstreet.org. And due to some of your feedback, I have some fantastic news for our listeners. We are working on merchandise. Soon you'll be able to buy t-shirts, stickers, coffee mugs, tote bags, and who knows what else from our website. So be on the lookout for that. If you don't care about any of that, but still want to support us, you can donate to Hard on Main Street, register for a webinar, or check out our Friends of Main Street partners all through our website. Again, that is heartonmainstreet.org. We have a lot of great stuff and are expanding our offerings all the time. All donations are tax deductible, and I'll write you a nice little note for being awesome. In today's episode, we're going to go back out on the road, visiting towns across the country and talking with retailers. Over the past several months, I've been hitting the road and visiting retailers in towns across the country. If you aren't already following our social media, you can keep track of my travels and follow along with our Main Street Mondays by following Heart on Main Street, all one word, on Instagram. Part of the purpose of our Main Street Mondays is to go out to towns and introduce Hard on Main Street to as many retailers as possible. We are a newer organization. I want people to know that there is an organization out there supporting independent retailers, providing free education and aid after natural disasters. But I'm also genuinely interested in learning about these retailers and understanding why they started their stores, their successes, and where are the challenges that they've faced. These things help us as an organization provide better information for retailers. Every store and every story is unique, and I love learning the why behind their store. I also want to understand better what towns are doing or not doing to help their cities succeed. In some towns, you can drive in and recognize that there are institutions within the area that are helping promote businesses and working to bring people into the downtown area, but that's not necessarily the case in every town. Recently, I partnered with a trade publication called Gifts and Decorative Accessories to write a weekly blog about my travels. I focus on what towns and retailers are doing to help each other succeed. I've been visiting different areas since May of this year, and as of recording this, I believe I have visited 20 different towns across Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, Minnesota, New York, Texas, and Wisconsin. Surprisingly enough to me, I am actually getting close to being caught up on telling you about many of my Main Street Monday visits. My original plan when I started recording this podcast was that I would do two episodes per month. One about our webinar that we do monthly, and one covering four Main Street Monday towns. I'd slip in some interviews with retailer episodes and give myself enough content that I'd intentionally never catch up. Well, I've had a lot of people reach out and want to do webinars with us, which has been fantastic. If you haven't listened to any of these episodes or watched them, I strongly recommend that you do. You can listen to the webinars through this podcast channel, or you can watch them through heartonmainstreet.org slash education. So because of the request from supporting organizations to do extra webinars, we moved to doing two webinars per month. 
Thus, we then had two webinar podcasts per month and one Main Street Monday, which was kind of a weird cadence of having a podcast three of the four weeks within a month. Because of that, I've been trying to get out one episode per week now on Thursdays, and I've loved that. I can't tell you how much I really do enjoy doing this podcast and talking about what Hard on Main Street is doing as an organization. But now we're going to be moving back to one webinar a month, which is just a better schedule for us as an organization. It allows us to advertise and prepare for it a little bit better. Spreading them out also makes it them a little bit more impactful, too. Having one every other week felt like in some ways that we were spamming inboxes with information about our webinars, and they just seemed to be this constant thing that we were doing. And we wanted to provide great information for retailers. We want to give retailers access to experts to learn from and be able to apply better business practices. But if they're so frequent, I believe people see them as less valuable and they don't register as often. That being said, I do want to keep a once a week schedule for this podcast. One week a month is going to be about our most recent webinar. The others will be updates about our organization when they're pertinent and applicable. And then a majority of these will be our Main Street Monday visits, which means that I will likely slow down and spend a little bit more time in each town than just uh, dedicating the five minutes or so that I've been doing in the past. I recently had some excellent visits, and I'm really excited to share my stories with you. But that also means these episodes might be a little bit shorter. Long-winded as I am, sometimes it's hard to talk for 30 minutes straight about one thing. I will try to have at least one interview with a retailer or a Chamber of Commerce member or someone in a downtown business development or similar organization per town if I can. I think this will allow us to dive more into the town and learn about what makes this Main Street area really successful. Today we're going to visit the towns of Madison, Wisconsin and Bloomfield, Iowa. So unlike previous episodes, we are focusing on less towns, but going to be exploring them further. We also have some great interviews in these towns, or great at least I think. These were both very special areas. For one, I was invited to visit both of these towns by retailers and officials within the city, so thank you both for that. They were also very different from each other in many ways, but had some great similarities as well. I try to provide as much diversity in location and size of town as I can because there are things going on in each area that make them special, and I really want to highlight that. I've recently been asked by a few people about how I choose the towns that I visit. I'm very pleased to say that some areas have invited me to feature their town. Uh, when an invitation is made, I try to honor that and make my visits. Madison, Wisconsin and Bloomfield, Iowa are examples of this. In the upcoming episode, I'll talk about Saratoga Springs, which I just visited. I was invited there too. Neodesha, Kansas and Coeur d'Alene, Idaho are also on, on my list because of invites. And I will get to y'all, I just need to work out the logistics. So that is one way, and honestly, the most preferred way that I choose my locations. I would love to be invited to those areas. Let me know if you want your town to be featured in Main Street Monday. You can put a comment on Instagram or send me an email at contact at I would love to see where you live. 
On a week to week basis, I do try to provide diversity within the towns. I try not to visit the same state in back to back weeks. I try to alternate between towns of less than 30,000 people and more than 30,000 people. There is no magic number to that equation or that number. 30,000 in one area might be considered a small town, and in other areas it might be the biggest town around. So that's kind of just a rough number and I don't always hold true to that. I also try to make sure that there is a prioritization of independent retail there. That's really what this is about meeting with store owners and business leaders to learn from them. If there's an area that's overly concentrated with chain stores or franchises, or they have an overabundance of non-retail, something like insurance offices or real estate brokers or even restaurants, they might not be a good fit for Main Street Monday. So I always look at the Chamber of Commerce and look through their website to gauge about the independent retail in the area. And then lastly, I use Google Maps to walk Main Street. I try and put myself in the town and experience what the area is like. I'll drop the little person down there and I go up and down using my mouse and the arrows and I walk up and down Main Street. This helps me picture the town and see what the downtown area looks like. I plan out where I'm going to take pictures and videos and what are some of the unique elements of the city that I really want to and need to capture. It allows me to see where retailers are and start planning out how I'm going to approach my day. First, I'm gonna start out by visiting this retailer and then I'm gonna go two doors down to visit this one. Then I'm gonna work my way down the street and I'll cross and circle back and work my way back up. Which believe me is so much better than going in without any strategy at all and then I end up running from one end of the main street area all the way to the other and then back and forth all day long. This also allows me to see if these retail locations that are listed on the Chamber website are in the downtown. I have planned out visits and gotten to these steps only to realize that retailers were spread all across the city and there are only really a few that were located in the main street area. They might have had an address that were all on the same street or something like that, but really when you look at it, they just there weren't that many in the downtown. They were really all spread out. So, okay, enough build up. Let's get into our first main street community, Madison, Wisconsin. This is by far the biggest city that I have visited yet as part of a Main Street Monday tour. So I really just focused on one section of Madison, the Monroe Street District. The city of Madison is known for being the capital of Wisconsin, being a tremendous college town, having great arts and music and cultural scene. But the city is also a fantastic supporter of independent retail, allowing unique local shopping experiences to, to flourish in the area. On Madison's Monroe Street alone, you are treated to a wide variety of independent retail stores, gift and home accessory stores, an independent bookstore with a focus on the mystery genre, a record store, a comic book store, a locally owned pharmacy, a Native American art store, a home and lifestyle store, a framing store, boutiques, outdoor stores, many, many others. This eclectic mix of retail exemplifies a thriving Main Street. There's variety, uniqueness, and support for all of these businesses, and that's really important. You wouldn't have this wide variety if there wasn't the support for that, if there wasn't people coming into the area and the area wanting to focus on independent retail. 
While in Madison for Main Street Monday, I spent time visiting retailers to find out what made this area successful. On the surface, you could say that's, well, it's because it exists in a larger city, in a college town. But there are many examples where we don't see independent retail thrive in larger cities or in college towns. Generally, those markets are highlighted by larger chains as areas because they want to make inroads there. So something else is really going on. As I mentioned earlier, I was invited to Madison by the retailer Carol Schroeder. Carol has owned her store, Orange Tree Imports, for going on 50 years. She is an incredible retailer, a business innovator, a supporter of Heart on Main Street, and a truly wonderful person. This whole retail area has really centered on her and evolved around her over the last five decades. Within Orange Tree Imports, Carol has a wall that displays some of her many accolades and accomplishments, and it's really kind of fun to look at. The awards start in the early 80s, and they start with things like Best in Madison Gift Store, and then it grew into Best in Madison Retail Store, and then Best in Wisconsin Gift Store, with a few Best in Wisconsin Retail Stores sprinkled in there too. Basically every year since like 1982, from what I could see, she has won at least one major award. One of the great things about Carol is her commitment to helping other retailers in her community and across the country. She knows that many retailers like herself don't have a business degree. They might not have experience running or owning a retail store in the past, but that doesn't mean that they can't be successful. She has gone through 50 years of evolution within her business and has made it a point to make sure that other newer retailers can stand on her shoulders when they start out. She writes articles and blogs about her experience and what she sees in the market. She wants to make sure that other retailers learn from her experience and don't have to make the same mistakes that she made. You'll find sometimes that people in general, will have this mentality that others need to make the mistakes to learn because, well, that's what they did. And they relish in the fact that others are making these mistakes. They see them as lessons to be gained along the way. And there is some validity to that, but there are other ways that lessons can be taught than through firsthand experience. I don't need to stick my hand into a fire to know that it's hot and that it's going to hurt me. Carol was kind enough to sit down with me and talk about her business, how she runs it, and what the Monroe Street retailers are doing to help each other. Hope you enjoy. So I'm here with Carol Schroeder, the owner of Orange Tree Imports in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, Carol, thank you so much for joining. My pleasure. How long have you owned this store? So we are one of the senior retailers on Monroe Street. We've been here almost 50 years. And we started our business in this locally owned uh, business community and have seen it really thrive and grow over the years. That's incredible. Almost 50 years in business. I mean, so that's a testament to everything that you're doing and the su success that you've had. And also, I should mention that my co-owner, my husband, Dean, and also we have an incredible staff. We run our business using something called participative democracy, which means that everybody on the staff has a section of the store they're in charge of and we hire by consensus. So that's been a really important part of our industry import success. Wow, that's uh, good. Give them ownership, allow them to really take a, take a part exactly. in the store. Exactly. Yeah. 
why did you want to get into owning a retail store? How did you get into owning a retail store? You know, it's kind of funny, Patrick, but I came to Madison to get a master's degree in Danish literature, okay. and that's not a degree that leads to a lot of career options. Fair. <laughs> but I'd also spent a lot of time in Copenhagen wandering around and admiring their retail stores, so I decided that it would be really fun to have a somewhat Scandinavian influence store and bring some of the same charm and uh, design to Madison. Wow. Uh, so Dan from a Danish literature background into owning a retail store for 50 right. years. So yeah. I, I didn't have any background in business. I'd never worked in a retail store. And uh, that was one reason that I got involved in, in writing to help other retailers because I realized that a lot of us don't have business degrees. Yeah. So um, it's something that, that I've learned a lot through experience and I've been happy to share that. Yeah. Um, where can people find your writings? Well, I uh, write a column for Gifts and Decorative Accessories magazine. I do a weekly blog called Specialty Shop Retailing. And I've also uh, published four editions of my book, Specialty Shop Retailing, which um, is still available and has even been um, translated into Russian wow. and is available there. Okay. And translated in Danish as well? or Not, not yet. Danish. Not yet. No. Okay. <laughs> no, I, most of the European market reads it in English, I think. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, so this area really seems to be a good, thriving Main Street. What holds, what, what is uh, the ability to have a good Main Street and why does this, why is this area good for retail? You know, Monroe Street has almost entirely locally owned businesses and uh, that I think is really our strength that we have people come here because they know that they're not going to find these stores or restaurants or service businesses elsewhere. And we also work with each other. We have events together. Um, we are cooperative rather than competitive. And uh, I love that. I love the fact that a lot of the businesses are women owned, including the others you're going to talk to today. And we have a really good sense of camaraderie that has evolved over the years. We're about to have our 45th Monroe Street Festival, Saw that. Yeah. which is a big event where we, it's part, partially a street sale, but we have a lot of entertainment and family activities, and it's kind of a celebration of who we are on Monroe Street. Wow, what all it goes on in the, in the Monroe Street Festival? Well, for Orange Tree Imports, it's a big day for us to uh, sure. kind of switch over the seasons and sell things that we need to sell, but um, we have um, live entertainment, we have um, dance groups from different countries, we have, um, food vendors, especially our restaurants and such that do a grab and go special where they have things that people can take with them. The emphasis is on the businesses rather than outside vendors because we really want people to come here and see all that Monroe Street has to offer. Yeah, it's amazing. Really highlight the, the businesses here exactly. and make sure that they're exactly. uh, they're they're special and, and be able to show that off. And a lot of us are recovering from COVID. Uh, and the businesses are trying to get back from that. We got a grant from the city of Madison with some federal money this year that uh, has helped us revamp our website and do a new event that we had in June. So we're really trying to up our game a little bit thanks to the, the federal yeah. funding that we've received. Yeah. That's wonderful that you're able to able to have that. Yes. Be able to have that support. Yes. We also do a First Friday on Monroe Street event each month and um, we have a calendar of things throughout the year. One of my favorites is the uh, dog costume parade Ooh, at Halloween. Fun. <laughs> it really is. It's very cute. Yeah. So you've owned your business for almost 50 years. Uh, I'm sure you have a lot of learnings and different things that you've discovered about owning a business, especially not having that background. What are some of the things that you have learned the most or what are the biggest learnings that you've had that have been helped for your success? Well, I think that not having the store be your entire life is important. You know, we have to have a balance. There have been times when things haven't gone so well here and if that was, you know, all that I was living for, that would have been really hard. Um, we have really benefited from the talents and enthusiasm of our staff over the years, and that's 
something that I, I can't say enough about because Dean and I couldn't have done this by ourselves. And we treasure our customers. I mean, the, one of the things that I love about being in retail is the contact with people. And I missed that so much during COVID. Yeah. I mean, I thought that we had been through all the challenges that a retail business could be through, <laughs> especially with Amazon, which has been really hard on, on businesses like ours. Uh, but COVID was so difficult. I mean, we were closed for a long time. We were uh, we had a doorbell where you had to ring it to, to get in for over a year. And our staff was masked until pretty recently. And it's so nice to see smiles again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just when you thought you know you'd seen all of the all of the different challenges exactly. to overcome, you get a, exactly. you get a completely brand new one. So. And and one that you know we've never had in the history of, of independent retail. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. yeah it's been really a, a difficult one. But I'm, I I think we're beginning to get our mojo back. I'm happy about that. Good. Yeah. I mean the area seems to be thriving and doing well, and uh, you have a beautiful store here. So. Well, thank you, Patrick. Yeah, Carol, thank you so much for joining me today and allowing me to feature Orange Tree Imports. Well, we're really excited about what your, your program is doing to support locally owned business. Um, as we know, we can use all the help we can get. So Absolutely. thank you, Patrick. Of course, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Carol is a stalwart of the Madison community and a champion of independent retailers. The impact that she has made on the independent retail community over the last 50 years is truly incalculable. While in Madison, I spoke with the owner of Mystery to Me bookstore, Joanne Burke. Now, one thing about me is that I love independent bookstores, really all independent retail generally, but specifically independent bookstores. I am a book nerd. I remember as a young kid going to my local bookstore, The Learned Owl in Hudson, Ohio, and sitting amongst the stacks and grabbing books and just reading there and then being told I couldn't read the entire book while in the store that I actually needed to buy it. I dream of one day having a library straight out of a Victorian era home with wall to ceiling bookshelves filled with everything imaginable. And I especially love mystery novels. A well-written mystery is so enthralling and page turning that it keeps you guessing the entire time. I love the feeling of being so confident that I have solved the riddle with much remaining in the book, only to discover that I was dreadfully incorrect, that there were clues I missed out on, that I didn't put enough scrutiny in the right places, and then for it to be so obvious at the end. But with bookstores, there are massive challenges in our country today. Over the last 20 years, no store type has been impacted as much as bookstores within the movement to online shopping. Even the large chains like Borders and Barnes & Noble have not been immune to this movement. Amazon started off as a bookseller because of the ability of book sales to translate well to online sales. If you think about it, there are no sizes in books. There's no true discrepancy in the quality or knockoffs to compete with as books come from individual publishers. Books are easy to pack. They're easy to ship. So the independent bookstore has been decimated by online sales. If we look at national statistics, there has been about a 23% decrease in the number of independent retail stores over the last 20 years. That's just all independent retail. Amongst bookstores, it is 53%. Over half 
of our bookstores in this country have disappeared in the last 20 years. Because of these reasons, bookstores will always have a special place in my heart. When I met with Joanne Berg at Mystery to Me, a bookstore that has everything but really specializes in the mystery genre, I was in love. As a newer retailer starting off a bookstore, she's worked hard to build a community around it. She knows the importance of a bookstore to an area, and other retailers do too. I spoke with Joanne about her place in the community and what she's doing to grow her business and how other businesses have helped her grow. So I hope you enjoy. I am here with Joanne Berg, owner of Mystery to Me in Madison, Wisconsin. Joanne, thank you so much for, for joining. My pleasure. Yeah. Uh, so how long have you owned this store? Uh, it was 10 years in June. Congratulations. Thank that you. Is, that's huge. That is, that is a long time. I mean, yeah. that's a, a long time for a, yeah. for a retail store, mm -hmm. uh, especially independent bookstore. Independent bookstore, been through COVID and uh, before that, road construction. So, okay. Yeah, so I, I've I seen some challenges <laughs> in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, why did you want to get into, or really how did you get into owning, owning uh, Mystery to Me? Well, I have never worked retail. Okay. Um, I've always wanted to have a bookstore since the time I was a little girl. I used to alphabetize books at home Absolutely. and uh, always, I don't know, I had a fascination with wanting to own a bookstore. Um, but my real career was in uh, academic administration. Okay. So I worked... Um, at the university here in Madison for almost 25 years. And um, when I was ready to retire, there was an article in the paper about a mystery bookstore going out of business. And my partner said, um, do you wanna be 85 years old and, and regret not ever having done what you've always wanted to do? So um, my philosophy in, in uh, administration and business has always been, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. And really the worst that could happen was it wouldn't work and I would be retired and um, I would move on. So yeah. I did it. Good. <laughs> I jumped in and followed a passion, which yeah. is, which is yeah. amazing. It was really, it was amazing. We, uh, I retired in March and opened in June. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a whirlwind. Yeah. So why this area? What about Monroe Street? What about Madison has really attracted you to, uh, to having a yeah. store here? Well, I've lived in this neighborhood for more than 30 years, and this is just a fabulous neighborhood. It's um, a lot of um, young families and older people who've lived here forever, a lot of university people, people who work for the state, um, and um, it, it's just really community oriented. Everybody really wants to make everything work here wow. for them. and. Um, everybody's so helpful and kind. Um, I mean, I don't think a day goes by when people don't come in and say thank you for being here. Wow, that's so nice. Even when you're having so, a bad day, yeah. it's like, oh well. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, I, think yeah. I, I appreciate you that doubt. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> so that's, here. you know, I don't think every store has that and, um, and it's like real estate, location, 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 yeah. and this location is, it's phenomenal. Yeah. And it's something about that independent bookstore, I think that, you know, is really, it holds a special spot for a lot of people. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. What, uh, you know, uh, does the area really do to help foster your business? And I know you have a lot of events here, but mm -hmm. what else are you, is kind of the area doing to help 
uh, help out your business or help out the other businesses in the area? You know, we have the Monroe Street Merchants Association and um, they're all very helpful to, you know, we, we try to send other people to, you know, if you're new to the area to walk down the street and see yeah. one store or the other and they talk about where they should have lunch and we try to keep them, you know, in the area. Um, the community itself um, just loves the area, so they shop here, they um, they do what they can to, to keep the neighborhood going. Yeah. So wow. it's pretty phenomenal. It's great. I mean, yeah, having that community support, having mm -hmm. an organization that backs you oh, and really absolutely. is referring business to, to you, that's mm -hmm. so important to help, help the business yeah. thrive. Mm -hmm. Over the last 10 years that you've owned, mm -hmm. uh, Own Mystery to Me, what are some of the things that you've learned, I mean, especially not coming from a retail yeah. side to now owning retail <laughs> and being ingratiated in it? What is what are some yeah. of the bigger bigger learnings that you've had? You know, I um, it, people call it a small business or a mom and pop shop kind of thing. And there's nothing small about small business <laughs> because, you know, all of the paperwork, the permits and the insurance and, you know, all of the behind the scenes stuff that has to go on um, is is really important to make it work. Um, I have an MBA, so I know um, what questions to ask. Sure. And so that's really vital to, to know about asking questions and being okay with asking questions. Yeah. And then um, feeling a little vulnerable and taking some risks, um, you know, and, and making that happen because people like change and they like to see that you're doing well but you're also trying new things right right uh, and uh, you know that's that's really important you know when the pandemic happened this neighborhood I, I would say I would be getting um, hundreds of dollars in donations wow. every day I Wow, mean, it was it was phenomenal you know and then to turn around I have to make sure I'm giving back you know so um, we do what we can to give back um, like I said I think asking a lot of questions um, people come in here, you know, our big, the big uh, elephant in the room for independent bookstores or for any small retail stores, it's Amazon. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so people come in here and they're, they might be showrooming, which is taking a picture of something so that they can buy yeah. it on Amazon sure. because it's cheaper. I can't afford to give the kind of deep discounts yeah, yeah. that Amazon does. Um, and so a big part of my job that I wasn't expecting was education. It's educating the customers, you know, in a nice way, um, but just talking with them about, you know, what happens when you buy on Amazon. And I had a group of students in here once and um, they were all talking about how much they shop on Amazon. And so my question to them was, what would happen if all, everything you ever needed in the world you got from Amazon? And they, you know, didn't quite get it. And so I said, well, this store wouldn't be here. Your grocery store would, would just be outsourcing, yeah. you know? And um, so they were really, really interested about it. So they were really, they said, you know, well, that's why we have to shop at small stores. Yes. Yes. Like, yes, of course, that is exactly why. And I'm passionate about that. Yeah. So. Um, I just think that um, small business uh, has to educate um, because it's so easy 
to just sit at home on your couch and call up Amazon or, yep. you know, and you know, it's just down the street to go buy the same thing. And you might spend an extra three to $5, but you're supporting your community. Absolutely, putting money back into the community. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've always said, you know, local businesses, they're employing local people, they're buying from other local people, they're uh, employing other local businesses for services. That's I right. mean, there's this whole ecosystem around the local business. And That's right. And buying, you're employing, you know, your neighbors. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Buying from Amazon, that money goes to, you know, somewhere oh, else. Somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah. And it doesn't stay within the community. No, it doesn't at all. Yeah. So that's a big part that I've learned. Um, you know, I one of the things that I've learned is having good people, hiring really good yeah. creative people. Um, it's just been so fun. I would I look around here and I I know that so much that's here is because I have incredible people working with me. Yeah, good. Yeah. And uh, do you have any advice for retailers or people that are maybe wanting to go into retail or starting off their retail store? Um. Well, I, I think one of the things that um, I learned pretty quickly is um, what do I want to outsource? Okay. Um, because, you know, I didn't get into the book business so that I could sit at the computer all day. Sure. Um, I got into the book business because I love to talk about books with people. And if I'm behind the scenes all day long every day, I'm not doing yeah. that. And so um, I had to think really hard and talk to a lot of people about, you know, I'm outsourcing my payroll, I'm outsourcing my accounting, I do my daily sales so I can keep track of sure. what's going on, um, and I run reports regularly. But um, knowing to outsource some of those things that, so that I have time and is just really do your important. passion. I you can, can do my you passion. You can do what yeah. you want to do and all the other things mm -hmm. and outsource those. That's right, exactly. Yeah. Well, Joanne, thank you so much for, oh, for joining pleasure. today. This is fantastic. Yeah. And uh, again, a mystery to me in Madison on Monroe Street, a uh, fantastic independent bookstore. So, Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, it's great, <laughs> great fun. The retailers of Monroe Street in Madison, Wisconsin know that they can accomplish more by working together than by creating competition amongst each other. A dollar spent in one store does not necessarily take away a dollar from another. By building a cooperative community culture, they can support each other, refer people to another business, and not hurt their own business because they know that someone else will do the same for them. They can work together to plan events like the 45th annual Monroe Street Festival that's coming this fall to allow people to come and experience what Monroe Street offers. By working together, their retailers can thrive. Following a week off for Labor Day, I was back on the road two weeks later to visit Bloomfield, Iowa. Bloomfield is part of the Main Street America and Main Street Iowa organizations as a recognized accredited Main Street community. And I was invited there by their Main Street coordinator, Jen Cutler. This was the furthest drive really for me yet. Uh, Bloomfield is about five and a half hours from where I live. So I got up early, drove through the pouring rain, and it was absolutely well worth it. Bloomfield is a really special town that is working hard to grow its business and support its Main Street area, all while retaining its historical atmosphere. Nestled in these rolling hills of southeastern Iowa lies Bloomfield, Iowa. 
One thing you'll immediately notice when you arrive in Bloomfield is the architecture of the downtown area. There's a beautifully constructed courthouse that sits at the center of the town square. The courthouse is of the Second Empire architectural style. See, I actually do some research for these. And looks like a long lost piece of the Biltmore Estate in North Carolina. There's just something about the mid to late 1800s architecture that's so stunning. And I hate to say it, but things just aren't made like that anymore. It's made of beautiful limestone and has this bell tower that explodes through the skyline and causes your eyes to gaze up and really appreciate the majestic nature of this building. It is a gorgeous fixture right in the center of this town. The surrounding retail locations and restaurants occupy buildings that really complement the courthouse with a faintly Baroque-style architecture that are embellished by vibrant colors and ornate decorative elements. Yet they somehow also provide this old Western atmosphere. I'm not really sure how it works, but it just kinda does. There's something magical and transformative about strolling down the heart of this charming little town. You can't help but admire the unique boutiques and retail locations that inhabit Bloomfield's Main Street. Main Square? Main Street? Yeah, one of those two. And as much as the facades of downtown tell the history of Bloomfield, the dedication to keeping much of the original interior spaces within the buildings allow business owners to tell the history too. I stopped into making memories, flowers, and gifts and was transported back to an early 1900s pharmacy right out of It's a Wonderful Life. Gorgeous tile floors and tin ceilings complement the original wooden fixtures and counters of the building. It was really cool to be able to see these things that existed a hundred plus years ago and are still in the building today. The history just seeps from the walls. However, the store owner also has done a beautiful job with floral arrangements and an open floor merchandising scheme to bring color and new life to these historical elements. You could see where they used to have a soda jerk fountain and the old Coca-Cola advertisements there, but at the same time mixed with modern products and modern layout of the building. There was an homage to the past, but it wasn't stuck in the past. Clover and Bloom, a women's clothing boutique specializing in fun, fashionable, and locally made items, is in what had previously been a photography studio dating back to the 1940s. The owner, Beth, tells how she has customers that come in and literally have flashbacks to getting their senior portraits taken in this space, or photos taken before they went off to Korea or Vietnam. Beth has done such an incredible job of juxtaposing vintage product and product fixtures and furniture with modern fashion trends to create this wonderful balance that fits the store really, really well. These stores have been able to hold on to their history, but bring modern elements to the business and really make it work. Now, this work to preserve the town's historical appearance while bringing in new business and new ideas is not done by accident. Jen Cutler, the executive director of Bloomfield Main Street, works hard to support her town and ensure that retailers can thrive within this community. 
Bloomfield has applied for and been awarded grants to help with the historic preservation and revitalization of its buildings. Bloomfield's Promotion Committee has also undertaken several events to draw people into the downtown area. I sat down to speak with Jen about her role as the executive director of Main Street Bloomfield and all of the things that she's doing to help the town grow while also retaining its history. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Hi, I'm here with Jen Cutler, the executive director of Bloomfield's Main Street organization. Jen, thank you so much for joining today. Thank you for coming. Yeah, absolutely. I've loved Bloomfield in my time walking around today. Um, it looks like an incredibly historic town. Tell me a little bit about Bloomfield and its history. Yes, actually, um, Bloomfield, our downtown square, so um, the area that I work with, um, with Main Street, is on the National Register of um, Historic Places. So um, there is a lot of history on the square. A lot of the buildings are very old. Um, that's one of the things that we work on at Main Street is preserving um, those buildings in the downtown. So yeah, as you go in and out of some of the businesses in the buildings today, you'll get to see a lot of history. Um, I've been to a few of them here on the square, one of them over on the west side, where there was still things intact from many, many years ago. And so you're gonna see a lot of that history within the building. So it's very cool. Yeah, that is cool. And I love the the mission to preserve the buildings and make sure that they are uh, able to you know, still be around and yeah. that you have to have that. Yes. Um, our city also has a historic preservation commission that we work with that is also a volunteer board. And um, they kind of help with interpreting our ordinances that we have through the city as far as signage, if you're wanting to make adjustments to your building inside, or, sorry, not inside, but outside. Mm -hmm. um, so there are some stipulations on what you can and can't Makes do sense. just to try to have a little bit of uniformity and then also preserve those buildings. Yeah. And so you are an official Main Street organization. Yes. Um, yes. Beyond building, uh, the outsides of the building, what all do you do for, for Bloomfield and really for, for the retailers to help them? So um, in this position, I started two years ago and there are four main um, committees and that's promotion, economic vitality, our design committee and our organization committee. And so I would say our promotional committee is um, probably the closest to our retail businesses. They uh, create events where we're bringing foot traffic to the downtown to make sure that you know people are, are shopping at our retail um, stores here in town. But we went a step further, and this past year we created a shop Main Street committee. And so their main focus is really getting people in the doors when we have the big crowds in our downtown. So they've been working really hard. They did a business bingo event for okay. Harry Nation Days. So the event itself is typically on the courtyard and on the street, but they created an incentive to get people in the doors of those businesses. So um, we do that and we also have a local grant program that a lot of the retail businesses just apply for um, to get awnings replaced mm -hmm. on the front of their buildings. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that we do. That, I mean, that is so important, you know, getting the event and having the people in downtown, but then also getting them into the stores it is so important while they have that captive audience. Yes. So I love that you have that that program in order to, to really help out those businesses. Yes. Yeah, and we actually had a watch party. Um, we I invited several of the retail businesses 
Um, I think you guys had a visual merchandising um, yes, seminar. Yes, yes. And so I invited some of them to come oh and watch for that. So that's very cool. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Main Street Iowa actually has started working with retail works as well. And so they are offering to, we had to submit an application on Friday, but there are four different um, Main Streets in Iowa will be awarded where Retail Works is going to come down and do consultations for Oh my them. gosh, I love that. So, yeah, so we're pretty excited about that. We got the application turned in on Friday, so hopefully, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, absolutely. Yeah, we'll yeah. be one of those communities we'll find out this week. So. Oh, we found out this week. Yeah. Uh, excellent. Well, I will absolutely have my fingers crossed for yes. you. Yeah. yeah. Hope, to hear, hope to hear the good news. Yes. Yeah. So, as a Main Street organization, how do you go, how does Bloomfield go about, or other towns that are out there, how do you go about becoming a official Main Street organization? So, uh, Bloomfield Main Street actually became an accredited organization in 1995. Okay. Um, so, we've been for quite a while. Awesome. I do know some um, communities uh, close to us really like the Main Street structure, um, and so they're trying to become a Main Street as well. So there is an accreditation process that you have to go through with Main Street Iowa and Main Street America. So um, there's kind of a two-step um, program there, and there's different categories that you have to make sure that you're meeting the criteria in. You know, make sure that there are um, objectives in your so I'm not exactly sure what happened at the end of that recording and why it just cut out like it did. I did film the interview with my phone and I started it from my watch. Watching it back, it looks like my wrist twitches slightly and I think I accidentally stopped the recording through my watch as well. Uh, so I'm sorry about that, that it cuts off there, but that is unfortunately the only recording that I have. I am happy to say, though, that I was with Jen when she got the call later in the day that Bloomfield was one of the towns that was chosen to be selected to work with Retail Works Inc. And I know Lynn Falk and her team worked with the community in the middle of October. I loved that Jen got her retailers together for a watch party. Now, of course, I especially love that it was a Hard on Main Street webinar that they watched, but overall, the idea that she got her retailers together so that they could learn tactics and help them improve their business is such a powerful thing to do. When I was in Bloomfield, there were already retailers who had made changes to the layout of their store based on what they had learned just a couple weeks previously. I was blown away by that. Uh, first, I, the fact that we're making content that people are then taking and putting into their stores to make a change is just, I mean, heart overwhelming. So very excited of that, and I was so excited that they applied and that Retail Works Inc. was able to work with them. Under Jen's guidance, the promotion committee has really created a strong shop Main Street committee that really goes an extra step to make sure that people aren't just visiting the downtown for an event, but through activities like business bingo, they're also incentivized to go and visit different retail locations. Jen has developed relationships with her retailers and pushes them to do different things and promote and expand their business really a great leader for the town. She also hosts a weekly radio show and a Facebook Live event and invites small business owners to come on and talk about their 
stores publicly and allow others throughout the community and all the surrounding areas to learn about their, their stores and their businesses as well. Historic Main Streets really have so much to offer through the traditions that they hold and the stories that they tell, but it takes work to maintain that history and not be trapped by it. Someone must take the lead to ensure that the town is celebrated as it should be and allow new business to grow and thrive innovatively. Bloomfield is very fortunate to have someone like Jen Cutler at their helm. In addition to helping businesses thrive, she's also making the town more accessible to people. Main Street Bloomfield has undertaken a project to completely redo their sidewalks and make the area more pedestrian friendly. This might sound minor, but if you can't walk around a town, you won't spend time there and you won't shop in the stores. So this is one improvement that can have a huge effect on businesses. In future episodes, we'll talk about some towns that have invested a lot in infrastructures like this to make their town more accessible and friendly for people to come and visit. But for now, we'll wrap up today's episode. I thoroughly enjoyed my visits to Madison and to Bloomfield. While they are outwardly very different towns, they both have a great emphasis on helping their retailers be successful and thrive within their community whether that's by retailers helping each other or organizations that exist within the community taking actions to see their sustained success. We've gone on to visit more communities and I'm excited to bring you stories from those as well. You can follow along with our Main Street Monday series by following us on Instagram at Heart on Main Street, all one word. And if you'd like your town to be featured as a Main Street Monday community, let me know. Send me an email at contact at heartonmainstreet.org, put a comment on one of our videos, or on this podcast. I'd love to see where you live. This episode was written, produced, researched, edited, and hosted by me, Patrick Kaiser. With a special thanks to our guests, Carol Schroeder, Joanna Berg, and Jen Cutler. If you'd like to learn more about our organization or support the things that we do, you can visit heartonmainstreet.org. Thank you all so much. <laughs>